This is episode 264 on August 2nd, 2018. Set your photo apps down, iPhone photographers. It's time for Tiny Shutter Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Tiny Shutter Podcast, where we talk about iPhone photography and other things. I'm Joseph Ferreira. I'm Dave Podner. I'm Greg McMillan. And I'm Matt Hoffman. Greetings, gentlemen. How are you doing? Let's start with you, Matt. I'm doing well, Joe. Um, not a whole lot to report this week. I think my uh, my focus has uh, been in a lot of other places this past week instead of on uh, photography. I bought a canoe this past weekend, oh. so I've been I've been pretty focused on uh, I don't know just getting stuff ready with that, so I could uh, take it out and have fun with that. So yeah, yeah not really you a had, lot of photography. You had mentioned that last uh, week to us. I don't know if you mentioned it on the show, but uh, so you pulled the trigger. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to take it out. Hopefully this coming weekend it'll I'll be able to get it in the water. Very good. Nice. Dave, how are you doing? Doing good this week. And actually, I got a chance to actually try some photography. Um, all right. And, and first of all, uh, Touch Retouch is amazing. And I'm kicking myself for not purchasing it before. Um, Ruth took a picture of it. It kind of looks like stained glass at a, at a local restaurant. And unfortunately there were some people who had their, hold on, gotta get this out of the way. There we go. Um, there was some people's heads in the way in the bottom of the, uh, stained glass. And this is more of a blocky style. So not, not the intricate kind of detailed, and it just took their took all the p. It was like a, a certain uh, villain snapping their fingers, um, and the people just kind of vanished from the photo. So nice. I was able to use that a little bit of in light um, just to kind of straighten it up, um, since I had it and didn't want to purchase another app first, and it want, didn't want to do the um, the square it, the the purchase that since I know in light and. Um, Snapseed will also do that, probably not as well, but using the tools I have. And it made it from where you were looking in a restaurant with the drop ceiling and the people half blocking it to just having this nice little uh, kind of mosaic of the uh, light coming through the stained glass. And that worked out really nice. Nice. And a little bit earlier um, on Saturday night, we got to see some fireworks up close. Um, Local... um, Sounds a little ritzier than it actually is, but the local yacht club <clears throat> uh, had an open house where they let us pit, where they let the peasants in. Uh, so we they do this kind of every year, and they have like a, a little auction thing you can try to put in for for drawings for. And they have fireworks, and they shot off right across the river, so you get really up close look at them. And I tried using. You know, just a regular camera trying to get the shots, but it actually made it too light. It was actually capturing too much light. So it was capturing too much of, you know, the people sitting in front and the buildings. 
But if I did the capture off the video, um, just hitting the little white button on the on the corner there where I was trying to videotape the yeah uh, fireworks, it actually that turned out better, even though it was a lower quality than the photo, just because it made everything else darker and it made the fireworks kind of just stand out a lot better. Nice. So I was able to do that and put a little. Uh, just a quick little video together, the highlights of the, um, of the fireworks coming together. And that, that turned out really well. Yeah. That's a, that's a neat little feature that a lot of people probably don't know or recognize when they're videoing. You know, you do have that option to take stills. And, um, I do like that feature because I used to stop a video after I took it and then do a screenshot, (laughs) which is probably worse than yeah. uh than those images so yeah very cool awesome day of uh, dave um greg how are you doing i'm doing really well uh been a busy week you know this was my week of uh, four days in a row here 12 hour shifts so not a lot of opportunities for taking pictures but i did take a few last weekend um you know i was kind of kind of on a fence frenzy a bit uh, of course, there's my favorite fence in the neighborhood here that I've posted a few images in in, the, in our um, in our challenge on the Facebook group. And then, whenever we'd take the dogs out for a walk somewhere, and I found a fence, I would try to get a kind of a creative shot that you know would include the fence and try to make it the focal point of the image. Sometimes it's hard to do, but you know it's fun to play around with composition in that respect. And but other than that, uh, pretty slow week for photography for me. Okay, Just kind of busy working. Oh yeah, I know. We're you know so, sometimes that's one thing that will stand in the way of of getting you know doing photography is either you know your work or sometimes if you have to you know if you have young kids and you know you, you have to go home and save your wife from your children um, that can <laughs> <laughs> that can uh, that can get in the way. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not like we're sitting here, you know, trying to make a living off of it either. Our, our livelihoods don't depend on it. This is a hobby. This is, this is fun. You know, other people, you know, use it as a way of, of creating income and living and, you know, and so if they're not shooting, guess what? They're not eating, but, uh, for us, we have, uh, we have other obligations, um, I didn't do a whole lot of, of photography this week, but I did. Uh, I think I mentioned uh, that I took pictures with, uh, not with my iPhone, but with um, my DSLR a couple, uh, a few weeks ago, probably about month, month and a half for a friend of mine who needed his own images to be able to put on his website and you know, just make flyers or he, he, his goal is to write a book. And so, um, so I helped him get, um, get some images and, uh, another, uh, couple of other friends, uh, you know, did things. One modeled the other, uh, did some design work and, um, and then, um, my father-in-law was also a participant in the, in the photos. And so he handed me a copy of, of the little flyer slash pamphlet that, uh, he had made and it turned out really good. 
I'll I'll take some you know pictures of it and 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 you know post it on you know Facebook so that people can see. But you know it, it, it you know you don't realize you know photography um, and kind of you 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 kind of have a a sense of pride when you have something in your hands you know a print you know i can yeah. print from my canon printer that's right here and and get photos and and put them up on the wall and you know the kids will look at it and go hey that's me and then you know the really really young one go that's me no that's your sister um you know <laughs> <laughs> yes daddy has to update the wall um <laughs> But, uh, you know, just just to have something in your hands is a um, it, it makes it real. It, it also kind of gives you a sense of pride because you can show it off, you know, without having to pull out your phone or a computer or something like that. But we're going to go into something uh, in that genre uh, later. Um, all right. So uh, just to uh, let you guys know, we're going to talk about a couple things. And the first one is going to be some news. News team, assemble! All right, Greg, uh, go ahead and start us off with a little bit of news. Okay. <clears throat> it, it is just a little bit of news because it's not going to take a lot of time to, to mention this, but I think it's pretty pretty well worth mentioning. And that is, is that today Apple... Um, was they became the first ever publicly traded company to reach a market cap of a bill or a, sorry a trillion dollars that's crazy and yeah that is just insane uh, now amazon and and alphabet which is the parent company of google they're second and third respectively but they still haven't reached the 900 billion mark they're still in the 800 and some billion um, range for for their companies, but uh, Apple has gone up twenty three percent this year alone in their um, you know in their stock prices or in their their market cap. So I thought that was pretty worth you know really worth mentioning. And in the story that I read, I forget where I read it, but it was just a quick story I read on my phone. Um, they had said that. In 1997, when the company was on the verge of bankruptcy, and that's when Steve Jobs came back, if you had bought $10,000 worth of stock, of mm -hmm. Apple stock, in 1997... And this is where it gets depressing. <laughs> today, it would be worth $2.6 million. So... <clears throat> I'm going to probably bruise my heel from kicking myself in the butt for not buying stock all those years ago, but I've just never been one to, to have any interest in buying stocks and playing the market and that. For me personally, it's just too risky of a thing to do. But in hindsight, I sure wish I had a bought some. Yeah, so. 1997 was uh, around the time of the bubble burst. And... Yeah. um I think there was a lot of people investing $10,000 or more that have nothing to show for it now. Oh, I can you imagine. <laughs> but, you know, to, if somebody, you know, had the, not only the, uh, the foresight, but the, also the um, discipline 
not to sell it, mm-hmm. they could have yeah. you know that much money. But not a lot of people have the foresight or the discipline, you know. So it's a, uh, you know, yeah, because you'd almost have to just buy it and just forget it. Yeah, and basically. hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like that's like anybody's four hundred one k or or IRA. Just you know, keep putting money in. Don't look at it. Yep. Don't try to manipulate it. You know that type of thing. We're not giving yeah. out stock advice or uh, no. or retirement. Advice, oh no, so. don't don't listen to us. God <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's, yeah, that's amazing. I wonder if uh, Google or any other or Amazon will hit that uh, mark. I can imagine Amazon will. I could see Amazon hitting it. Yeah. Google, I'm not so sure about because just on a little side note, I saw a video, I believe it was this morning before I went to work. Um, this guy was sitting at a table. He had an Android phone sitting in front of him. And he said, did you know that Google is recording your conversations? And he went to his activity page in his Google account and played samples of these recordings that he said that he did not initiate through um, through his devices by saying, you know, okay, Google, because that's what, that's what, um, like, it's like, hey, Siri, and, and sorry for those who are listening, and this may have set your phones off, but, um, you, you know, when you say those words on an Apple device, it's not listening until it, it picks up those words, but it's not making a, a connection to the servers at Apple until you say it, it acknowledges that it heard you and then you, you know, you give it a command or a query. And, but with, with the Android things, I mean, it's listening all the time. These Google home devices, um, um, maybe even the, uh, the Amazon Alexa, I don't know, but Android phones, some Android phones, I'm sure probably do it. And that's pretty scary to me. And I'm thinking I'm 90% sure the Amazon Echo devices um, do continually listen in, but nothing's supposedly yeah. recorded until you say that phrase where right. everyone then yells at the podcast because you yeah. just ordered 500 <laughs> co- you just ordered 500 pounds of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there have been cases where you know the the Amazon, the Echo, or a Google device, and it's probably happened with an Apple one, just sent because you can say something that's close to "Hey," <clears throat> her name, and it'll go off. I've had it where I've I were ta- I was I've been talking to people on the phone, and mm-hmm. my or at work, and we have a headset, and I have my phone plugged in at my desk when I listen to a podcast. But I pause it when I get a call in and all of a sudden you hear the beep beep because yeah. I said something close enough to trigger the, the iPhone. That's happened to me before, yeah. too. So but, you know, <laughs> without without getting into a whole another discussion here, the, 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 the reason I brought it, this up is to is say scary. that because of something like that, I can't see Google or Alphabet hitting the trillion dollar mark unless they quote, you know, you know, I don't know, clean up, clean up their act because that to me is a major 
privacy issue. And that's why I will never own an Android phone or one of those Google Home things or anything. So, you know, that's, you know, talking about the stock market, you know, and, and hitting the trillion dollar mark. I could see maybe Amazon hitting it just because of their, their business model and what they do. But for Google, uh, I, I don't know. I have my doubts. It'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah. But, oh, yeah. But, yeah. So, well, congratulations to Apple. And uh, it, we'll, uh, we'll see how they do. Hopefully, they'll make it in the future. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully they become something. <laughs> yeah, they they need to become something. All right, very cool. All right, let me go ahead and move us into our focus point. Focus point. All right. So uh, this week, I found out that uh, <laughs> I found out that today that Dave posted a video on Facebook. And it's an interesting video because um, I decided, oh, I'll check it out. And it's it's not very long. It's less than two minutes long. But I had uh, some thoughts on it. So I thought it would be good for us to discuss it. So Dave, why don't you set us up here? Sure, sure. It was just something when I was just happened to go through my Twitter feed um, that just came up and it was about someone's thoughts about photography and not necessarily iPhone specific, but they do use iPhones as an example of, you know, well, the the interviewer was almost like, well, it must be great because everyone's taking photos. And the response from the person was, well, those that isn't really taking a photo, not like back in the day. And, and then it mentions he likes Polaroids, which is. And it's more of not necessarily the fidelity or the quality, but the, in his mind, how you can't manipulate images. And with the Polaroid, I guess, and I'm trying to summarize what he's saying, the Polaroid, I guess, you, because you have something physical that you share with people and you look at. Versus well, let me do this. Let, let me do this. I'm going to play the video. Okay. Uh, there will be a link to the video and you can watch it, but, uh, go ahead. If you're driving, you can listen. Uh, if you have time to stop, go ahead and, and watch the video itself. But, uh, let's give it a try here. I do believe that everybody's a photographer. We're all taking billions of pictures. So photography is more alive than ever. And at the same time, it's more dead than ever. The trouble with iPhone pictures is nobody sees them. Even the picture people who take them don't look at them anymore, and they certainly don't make prints. I know from experience that the less you have, the more creative you have to become. Maybe it's not necessarily a sign of creativity that you can turn every picture into its opposite. take selfies myself, of course, but it's not photography. Looking into a mirror is not an act of photography. Photography was invented to be some sort of more truthful testimony of our world than painting. It's not really linked to the notion of truth anymore. 
People look at photographs and think something is done to them. I'm in search of a new word for this, new activity that looks so much like photography, but isn't photography anymore. Please let me know if you have a word for it. All right. So this was uh, BBC World Service. And um, so I started listening to this and (laughs) the guys were laughing because of my reactions. Um, uh, His name, uh, the the photographer slash director, his name is Wim, W-I-M, Wim Wenders. And, um, I've, I've never heard of him before, but, uh, uh, he was obviously interviewed and to me, this, the, the setup, the way this is portrayed, I think he was, if not cornered, this was some sort of a impromptu type of interview that got put together and became a less than two minute story on the BBC. And I think it's a, it's, it's an interesting thing to kind of go through and see if what he said makes sense or if we have different thoughts on it. So I thought we would go ahead and take a little bit of what he was talking about, the ones that stuck out in my mind and talk about it. So let's go through a little bit of his, um, his statements here. I do believe that everybody's a photographer. Um, sure. I mean, iPhones, and, well, let's go back to the Brownie. The Brownie was probably the first time in human history that the average person was able to get their hands on a camera and create a photograph because most photographers dealt with very harsh chemicals, um, had to, uh, carry large equipment in order to, or have a studio to, to, to create images. They couldn't just pull something out of their pocket and take a picture. Not until I believe the Brownie. And that was probably the first instance in, in, you know, in modern times that photography took off. Um, The iPhone, on the other hand, I think is a second coming of what the Brownie was. And and I say it in a way because, um, yes, we had digital photography. um, Film was on its way down and then eventually rebounded a little bit. But the iPhone, at least from statistics like um, Flickr, was was able to increase the number of images that were being produced, whether good, bad, ugly, or you know, or what have you. It was you know, it in, there there. This was like a second time that everybody had the capability of capturing a moment in time uh, from a little device that fit in their pocket. Um, Is everybody a photographer? What are your guys' thoughts? Because I, 
I could say yes and I could say no, but you know, that's that is a very broad statement, I think, in my mind. You have to ask yourself what defines a photographer, right? right? So, in my opinion, uh, I think that if you create a photograph, then I mean, why could you not be called a photographer? Right. You don't have to be um, an established, uh, well-known um, person who takes photographs and makes a makes a living with it. In I I think if you can create a photograph, and it doesn't matter how you do it, you can use a pinhole camera, um, or you can use an iPhone. You can use a DSLR. Your capturing light on a sensitive surface that records it and you're creating a photograph. So in my opinion, yes, anybody can be a photographer. Now the difference is, is to what extent maybe, um, you know, to, 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 you know, I guess there's maybe a line between amateurs, pro professionals, um, hobbyists, enthusiasts. So, but they're all still photographers, I think. Yeah, but you can have you can have images, and you could put a bunch of images up on the wall, and you say, "Okay, who's the professional? Who who's the amateur?" You know, and right. But does that no matter really when it comes to defining I, who who a photographer? I, I don't. I don't think that's what this guy is saying here with that statement at all. I don't think it has anything to do about what cameras being used or whether or not someone is professional or amateur. I think what he's saying is every, everyone now has a camera in their pocket and right. everyone can take pictures, but that doesn't mean that everyone is a photographer, right? A photographer would be someone who considers the light and the composition right. before they right. hit that shutter button. Just because you took a picture that doesn't make you a photographer. Right. And I, I agree with that. But yeah, he said, you know, I do believe that everybody's uh, a photographer. Uh, and, and it's just in, in what you said, I think that's more true than the statement. Like I said, this is probably, you know, a, a impromptu question answer let's film this and and throw something together so yeah and if i if i miss speak uh definitely correct me because i didn't take notes when i watched oh, it no, you're, <laughs> yeah you're, so, you're fine uh, <laughs> um the the other thing uh here's another thing he said photography is more alive than ever at the and at the same time it's more dead than ever uh i I have to agree in a way. Um, yeah. It's almost a counterstatement to, to say that it's more alive and more dead at the same time. Um, there's, we are in a renaissance of, 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 of taking photographs. Um, and and he'll he alludes to the fact that you know 
millions, billions of images are being taken, but nobody sees them. That's absolutely true. But at the same time, if you look back in history of photography, uh, that was that was a common occurrence too. You know, maybe not in the volume that we have today. Uh, you know, you the the one photographer who lived in Chicago and passed away and her work came out after she passed away, you know, is an example of the type of photography that could have been lost forever. Uh, somebody happened to stumble upon and then it came out and she was a, you know, a famous photographer. It, it, to me, it kind of reminds what he's saying kind of reminds me of, you see some people who say I am I when it kind of uh, paralleling to cooking versus being a chef where people say, well, I go to the kitchen and I try to and I make dinner. I'm a cook versus someone who is like, well, I've been highly trained and I know the special techniques and I know how to put 10 spices together that are perfectly and what you're doing, you're just throwing together whatever you have. And I am a chef and you are a simple cook where, you know, it's like, well, yes, everyone takes photos, but not everyone is a photographer. And it, it does take a little bit of time and skill over what most people do when they're taking photos. So I can see that from his standpoint where a lot of the photos taken have very little thought put into them in terms of, you know, any artistry or trying to get a, get the shot. It's more of, Oh, I see something. Let me take a photo of it. Or honestly, just as memory devices these days, you know, Oh, I have to, I will have to remember to pick up something at the source. I might take a photo of it at home. So it's not really being used to express your emotion, express anything beyond the basic, but like you said, not, not necessarily just the iPhone, but having, mobile photography where there's no additional charge. Um, it's a device that most people already have. So it's not like, oh, I have to go and put out money for an additional. It's like, oh, I have a camera on me because I have a cell phone. That is a kind of a doorway for most people to take more photos. And then there's some people who will take the next step to go, okay, well, I like my photos, but I want to know how to take better photos. Right. So they go from someone who simply takes a photo to someone who investigates a little bit more into photography itself. Yeah, I again, I believe he's like aiming at this from 30,000 feet, but you know, it's just there's I think there's I think he could have I don't know. Maybe he hasn't seen any good iPhone photography. I mean, that's a possibility, but well, before we visit our Facebook group, <laughs> yeah, before we run out of time on this, why don't we uh, talk about the photo manipulation comment? Cause I think that's the best part of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's not a fan of filters, apps and photo manipulation. Uh, see, he, he said that there was, um, Photography was invented to be some sort of more truthful testimony of our world than painting. And 
and I and I was thinking to myself, ever since the 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 creation of photography, manipulation has been there side by side with it. Um, you know, photographs have always been used in publications to sway people's opinions. Um, you can you can shoot an image from one direction to the other and totally miss all the uh, 300 degrees that um, that you have in your world, and it can be a form of manipulation. Um, but uh, uh, you know, when it comes to the uh, the filters and the apps, uh, I don't know. You know, if if he realizes that a lot of great photographers have been using uh, Photoshop, um, dodging and burning in their images to create art or to um, uh, to 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 move the focus from one part of the image to the other. I mean, not everything is photojournalism, but go ahead, Matt. Well, I just want to take this moment to point out that if you go to his website and click on photography, the very first photo is a um, not even a double exposure. It's like a triple or a quadruple exposure. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I find that extremely ironic. Oh, that is awesome. And we'll have a link to his website. And and by no means do we want people to go and say, get off my lawn, you know. uh, And and, and we're we're trying to be respectful here. Uh, the, The one thing that I've always noticed about the photography community is they the pitchforks and the torches can come out in a heartbeat. And, you know, we're not doing this to start that, but we want you to think and use some critical thinking in what people say, especially if they are claiming to be, um, you know, uh, people who are, like, in the industry who are decision makers or influencers or anything like that, you know, with anything that, that you do in life, you have to use your, your, your brain and, um, and use some critical thinking to what people are saying. Um, that is awesome. I, I, I'm glad you went and looked that up. All right. So, uh, along the lines of, um, you know, the testimony of the world, uh, than painting, uh, photography w- was not invented to become something m- more truthful than what painting was. Photography was just invented. And there were instances in the 19th century of color photographs, but that was a very difficult process and did not become something that was uh, easily available until um, the mid 20th century. And, and to say that it was to be, you know, to take and replace painting, which had colors 
And, you know, of course it is somebody's, the, 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 the mind's eye of somebody on a piece of canvas. So is photography. Um, there, I don't, I don't believe for one second that it would, um, it was supposed to be more truthful than painting was. Uh, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I think for me, when he made that statement about how photography was invented to be more truthful, um, that could be true. Like maybe, um, you know, someone thought, oh, you know, I want to see something that's an actual representation, um, you know, of whatever it is I'm looking at. But I think it took all of like five seconds after photography was invented for photo manipulation to uh, come along with it. I mean, literally as long as there's been photography, there's been, you know, just countless ways to manipulate uh, photos with, you can manipulate uh, the photo when you're making the print, you can manipulate the negatives. Um, you know, there's so many examples of it beyond just like double exposures and and things of that nature. And I mean, it only takes like two seconds to, to Google it and see like all the famous examples. Um, you know, like there's the photo of Joseph Stalin, um, where, you know, there's some other guy that he ended up having executed at some point. So, that guy was airbrushed out of the photo. Yes. Um, you know, even the portrait of Abraham Lincoln, you know, his head is on someone else's body. Um, there's just, ton, you know, there's all kinds of examples of, you know, these pictures going way back into the early 1900s, you know, the mid and late 1800s. Um, photo manipulation has been around since the beginning. Um, so, you know, everything we have today with apps and, and Photoshop and all that stuff, that's made it easier, um, but it's not new. Right. And to that, to that point, Matt, um, one of the comments in the Facebook group to uh, the post where this video is, um, this person says that manipulation has always been a part of photography, including simply by choosing what to include in the frame. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the way I see it, too, is, um, you know, for for almost as long as photography has been a thing or ph- photography um, has basically fought to be considered an art, you know, like especially yes. in the early days, you know, painters looked at it as not a form of art. It was yes. basically cheating, you know. So, um if we want still want photography to be looked at as art and considered art, then why do we want it to represent reality? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that, I that's can see a, that in journalism. Right. Sure. And, you know, and I mean, there's certainly a place for reality and journalism is an art. No, it's not. It's, it's a, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's 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 not really what you call an art form. It's more fact based, right? Than than anything. Now, now that's not to take away that photojournalism doesn't have art in it. You know, you can recognize art. You know, whether it's 
something that was set up and took a lot of time, had a lot of lights, used costumes, and then you know you you take the image, or it could be spur of the moment where you know the everything lined up without you trying but there was this opportunity to capture a moment in time that would be considered art you know i think that's where the you know the awards for you know photojournalism come in you know uh, come into play is that there there are times where somebody happens to be in the in the right spot at the right time for a particular um event and happens to capture an image that will never be forgotten that will always be in the minds of people as long as they've seen it and they get an award for that and i would consider that art but you know by definition photojournalism was not considered an art form you know you do have art and then there's other people that go out to create art and you're like yeah yeah, that's a you know that's a nice shot, but not really something that is memorable, or you know worth you know worth time looking at. But and that's most of mine. But okay, um, the uh, the one of the, the we'll we'll do a couple more of these, um, uh, and then we'll move on. Uh, but one of the big ones that I wanted to touch on was. He said, I know from experience that the less I know from experience, the less you have, the more creative you have to become. And that's true. I agree with that statement 100 percent. But I believe that statement epitomizes the iPhone. Um, so not everybody knows, you know, my. Um, sort of my story and getting into iPhone photography. I when you know I I went to in college. I took a black and white uh, film photography class and used a AE one Canon and shot thirty five millimeter black and white and went you know developed the film developed the the prints. Well, you know, had that was the sort of the beginning of my journey into photography. I had, you know, my my mom took a lot of pictures, and you know, and she uh, kept uh, Kodak and Fuji afloat for uh, a number of years. Um, and then when digital came around, that they when when my mom got a digital camera, that's when they tanked. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I had a previous a, a a background in in taking photos, but it wasn't until I took that class that you know I got the bug. You know that was something that really spoke to me, and that was in 1999 when digital and it was still in its infancy and expensive, and film was was getting ready to take a huge hit. And those years from 99 until about 2000 and uh, 2008 um, were really 
the wild, wild west for me when it came to photography. I had, I was still using a little bit of film, but I was also uh, trying to do as much as I could in digital photography. And when I picked up an SLR, a digital SLR, I started going to town. I was like, this is great. I'm taking a lot of pictures. But then I hit a creative slump. I, I, uh, it's sort of like a writer's block. When you're a writer and all of a sudden your brain isn't producing what you're hoping to produce, I was having the same thing with photography. And I had to put the SLR down. I, I had to put it down and kind of walk away from it. And I picked up a Kodak um, point and shoot that was like three, four megapixel. Um, and, you know, just started experimenting. And I kind of was like, you know what? This is less than what I have over here, which I can do a whole lot with but I'm, I'm starting to enjoy creating the images with this little piece of junk that is three or four megapixels big. And it became a challenge. And then when the iPhone came out, I didn't jump on it right away, but I, my first iPhone was a three GS. And I, I, I put the little Kodak point and shoot down and started taking that three, three GS and I was taking lights. I was, I was, you know, using composition. I was doing everything that I would use with the digital SLR and was, was able to, you know, take and create some beautiful images with the iPhone. That was the less. That was the um, creating more with less for me. And it kick-started my my love for photography again. I went a number of years, you know, just, you know, taking pictures with my SLR and it was great, but I was getting bored. I, the challenge wasn't there and the iPhone became that challenge. Has it gotten easier over the years? Sure. You know, does that mean that I'm no longer in a creative, you know, funk? No, you know, that happens. That happens with everything in life. And you have to find a way of, of kicking, you know, kicking off that, that spark. But I think, I think he has, you know, I, I found it kind of ironic that the less you have, the more creative you have to become. And I said, that's the, that's the iPhone. That's the epitome of the iPhone for me. I have a great digital SLR here, um, but I can't put it in my pocket. Uh, you know, if, if I have a project like I had, you know, a month ago, I bring it out and I use it, but I find more joy and more creativity with my iPhone than I do with my digital SLR. And, and so, you know, that, that was kind of the, the takeaway from that, um, uh, from that statement, which I, I, you know, I keep prefacing, it was probably spur of the moment. A camera was in his face. People were asking him questions and he gave the answers the best he could. You know, I'm not holding anything that he says, you know, as, 
you know, what he believes, you know, it could change. He may look back and go, why did I say that? You know, I do that all the time. <laughs> um, and that's why I have co-hosts. That way they can uh, say, uh, <coughs> Joe, uh, you probably need to rethink that. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you know, what was I thinking? Uh, Any thoughts on that? We never try to correct you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I do, but it's only when I'm listening back to the show and yeah. you can't hear me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why did he say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, that's that's eerily similar to, I guess, how you could say I got started in it too. Um, you know, I, I had a DSLR and just got to the point where I wasn't using it that much and found that the iPhone, you know, was just more interesting to me and it, and it, it sparked more creativity from me. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's probably a lot of photographers that, that have found that. I know that, you know, when the iPhone four came out, there were a lot of, of photographers that were using the iPhone that weren't, they weren't publicly praising it like they like they knew they should because of peer pressure and slowly but surely you know uh, people started coming out of the woodworks and were you know were just saying this is great this is something that's awesome you know the journey i i believe that um uh hollingsworth uh jack hollingsworth had had gone through i think is uh, very similar um, and you know, there's a lot of the, one of the saddest things that I've seen is photographers that have walked away from photography because they were either burned out or they just lost interest. And that's sad. I don't like to see that. I want to see people, you know, enjoy the craft that they've, um, that they've come to, to, to know and to understand and to study and to produce and they walk away because you know it's like I can't do it anymore, and that you know I I don't want I don't want that to happen, and that's why I was glad I got an iPhone. All right, so uh, is there a word that he can use for <laughs> for now <laughs> and not call it photography, or are we still going to call it photography? What do you mean? His last statement. He was looking for a word to replace photography with what the iPhone was doing. Is there anything uh, that you guys can think of, or is it still photography? And to me, it's just still photography. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, it's photography, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Michelle just, says we could, silly. Yeah, Michelle says we could call it tiny shutter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, that's I, I, like I said, I want to make sure that I'm not coming across as uh, being snooty, or you know, and I want to be respectful of uh, of this gentleman and his statements. But I thought it was worth talking about because I think there's a lot of people out there that are are looking for a way to 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 bring a spark back to their craft, and hopefully. 
you know, the iPhone is that way. And for people who have never gotten into photography, this is an awesome platform to be able to produce images and to, to, you know, take that, um, that leap, that, you know, that first step into the world of photography, you know, and they may say, you know what, I need a bit, I need a bigger camera. I want to do more and perfect. That's what, that's what photography is all about. You know, push, push things to the limit. And if it's not doing it, try something else. Or I have unlimited resources. I want to narrow it down to the iPhone. I want to narrow it down to its basic form and create something that is that I would be proud of and that people would want to look at. Whether they want to call it photography or not, doesn't matter. You know, don't let don't let anybody say, oh, what you're doing is not actually what you're doing. Unless you're trying to be a doctor. Um, then I would say, you know, don't do that. Don't pretend to be a doctor. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd just like to mention a couple of points, though, that he made real quick here. Sure. One of them was that he, that he said that people don't go back and look at their photos that they've taken on their phones. That's true. And the, the other one was... Um, people don't print their photos. Okay, so as far as the masses go, that may be true. I'm, I still don't think that's true on the first point about not going back to look at your photos because I'm sure a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but not everybody prints them. You know, I'll give them that. But that, that's not to say that nobody does. There's right. Costco probably and Walmart a, do a lot of photo printing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean... There's a lot of people that print their photos out of their phones. So, I don't know. Just just those two points in a small way kind of, you know, ground my gears a little bit. But, um, you know, just I thought it was worth mentioning that uh, not everything he said was maybe true. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Because he said it so matter-of-factly. Yeah, and probably it could be part of the edit. You know, um, yeah, it could be, could be. You know, that's uh, <laughs> something he was talking about with photography. We could say the same thing with videography. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, cool. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what people are saying about the, um, about the video. But I thought, you know, our little two cents on the tiny shutter would be a great, you know, way of talking about the iPhone photography and, you know, how to help people get in or stay into photography. And uh, so it was a good little good little piece to talk about. All right, let's go ahead and move into our post pick of the week. All right, it is the end of our weekly photo challenge. If you guys are a member of our Facebook group, we have a pin post at the top of the page, which is our weekly photo challenge. And uh, for the last two weeks, it has been fences. And we had, I think, 104 entries into, uh, or close to a hundred. It could be some of the comments were counted as, um, 
uh, part of the entries, but close to 100 entries into this um, weekly photo challenge. And it was pretty cool. We had a lot of uh, uh, a lot of images that were posted and a couple were really uh, great contenders for uh, the post pick of the week. And the winner of this week's weekly photo challenge is Lorena Gok, uh, see, Gokoliba. I hope I said that correctly. <laughs> you nailed it. Thank you. Nailed it. Yep. <laughs> uh, Lorena's image is a, uh, looks like a pasture fence with barbed wire. And she has in the left side of the image, a post with the barbed wire, um, going away to another post, which is in the lower right, uh, hand, uh, part of the image. And it is pretty cool. There's a lot of depth of field. Um, it's sepia toned. So the colors are removed and, um, not distracting from the image. And there's a lot of details, uh, a, a lot of character in this image. And I really, really liked it. What are your thoughts, Matt? Yeah. Um, it struck my eye right away. Um, which you can see in the comments under her picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I definitely liked it a lot. I like the, uh, it's kind of a simple image, mm -hmm. um, but it has like a lot of mood to it. Um, it kind of looks like, uh, I don't know, sort of lonely and desolate. Not, it's not like a happy picture, but it's still enjoyable to look at. <laughs> I know that doesn't make any sense at all. No, that's great. That's, that's fine. No, I, I agree. What are your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, uh, agreement there. Just it, it, it's more of a feel picture, and it, to me, it almost feels you know just headed off first thing in the morning. If you're either living in an area where you would need a fence like this, or visiting somewhere and just getting an early start to the day, kind of just taking a nice walk. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just a really nice photo and. Something a little different for the fence idea that isn't just a and not saying that pictures of the, the fences where the fence tends to be look fence uh, pops at you are bad. But this is just a, a, a little bit different take on the subject itself while letting the subject still be the uh, the focus of the actual photo, too. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, uh, Greg. Yeah, I like the simplicity of it. Um, she's done a very good job of making a very creative piece of art with simply a post and one, um, I'll call it a strand of barbed wire that, that goes off into the distance into, onto another post and as much background or you could call it negative space there is in this image. Um, like if you, if you called pixel for pixel, how much of this image takes up the fence, make, you know, makes the fence. Um, I would say it's probably 35% fence and the rest background, but it works so well. It, it makes, it draws your eye to the fence because 
there's a there's some contrast between the fence post in the foreground and the background. The background is very light where the um, you know where the sky is and whatnot, and even even the ground at the bottom uh, is kind of broken up by the barbed wire because the light reflecting on the wire um, is considerably bright compared to the uh, the ground itself. So it's got some good contrast in it and really nice bokeh in the background. I want to say she used portrait mode for this, but it's hard to tell because um, sometimes portrait mode doesn't do a great job of picking up small things like no. that barbed wire. So it's hard to say, but um, however she took this, uh, great job. I think I think with portrait mode, there would be a defining uh, area, or it would have difficulty with the with the strand. I think this was, I think this was strictly native, and uh, you know the the post and the beginning parts of the uh, strand were definitely the focus of the of the camera, and everything fell off going back because it's very gradual. Yeah. Well, very good. Congratulations, Lorena. This is an, a beautiful image, and I uh, it is well worth being our post pick of the week. If you are interested in becoming post pick of the week, uh, be sure to look for our weekly photo challenge, which is uh, in, in our Facebook group, or you can go onto Instagram and our off week, like we'll, we'll have this next week, we'll choose from Instagram from the hashtag tiny shutter. All right. So uh, I had a couple different options for our next weekly photo challenge. And I want to see what you guys thought. Um, what about like road or path? I like it. Yeah. I was actually, yeah, thinking, me too. I was thinking path. Yeah. Path. Okay. I was so, I was thinking trail. Trail? Okay. Trail. No, I don't know. Path. I'm just saying words. <laughs> <laughs> walkway. I want a walkway. All right. Um <laughs> so uh, Yeah. <laughs> what what should we what should we call it? Should we call it trail or a path or just um road or I'd rather go with path that way it opens it up a little bit more because if we go trail um, sure. hopefully people at least live close ish or somewhere where they can actually go off into like a wooded trail, you know, just one of those nice things to do to kind of clear your head. But if you don't, a path could be, you know, a little more open, a little more fluid on the, what, it, what, what a path could be. Okay. Well, then it's settled. We are, our, our weekly photo challenge for the next two weeks is path a path sort of like a road but it doesn't have to be a road it could be a walkway but it doesn't have to be a walkway it could be a trail it doesn't have to be a trail but it's a path okay we're settled <laughs> all right anything else that you guys want to bring up because i think we might have ourselves a show just something real quick um something that i noticed both for in the artful iphone photography group and I think I saw this on Twitter that if you download the Apple 
um, the Apple Store app, not not the App Store, but the actual Apple Store app. Uh, it's a white background with a it looks like a, a Bondi blue um, shopping bag on it. In there, there is a code actually on the page. If you scroll down around three fourths of the way down, for camera obscura. Yes, and I believe that's normally four ninety nine US. And there, and it's right now, and I think I saw somewhere, not in the app, but just kind of someone posted it's through September. I did have a little bit of trouble trying to get the code in there, uh, where I actually had to click on it multiple times, close it out. It was, it was actually, look, it acted exceptionally buggy. So I don't know if it was just a matter of the, the server getting slammed at the time or something else was going on. But definitely, you know, it, it is a um, camera that gives you a lot of options and has, a un- in my mind, a little bit of a different um, user interface. So especially for something that's free, I think definitely go give it a try. And if you don't like it, the great thing about the iPhone, if you don't like anything, just pr- press hold and hit the little red X. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Yeah, I downloaded uh, it. I can't wait to play with it. Sweet. I expect a report next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will probably disappoint you. <laughs> All right. On that note, let me play this. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. <laughs> oh, let's go around the room and tell everybody where they can find you. Let's start with you, Matt. All right. You can check me out on IM, Twitter, Instagram, uh, where else? Artful Eye Photography Community at M Hoffman Photo. Dave. Sure. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as ProfPod on the Facebook group and the Artful iPhone, Artful iPhone Photography group as Dave Podner. Awesome. Greg. You can get me on Instagram, Macmillan Photo, on Twitter, Macmillan underscore photo, and on the Artful Eye Photography community, uh, just with my name, Greg Macmillan. Excellent. You can find me on Instagram at Joseph Ferreira. You can find links to our show notes, our Facebook group, our YouTube channel, and a lot of other places and things by going to tinyshutter.com. All right, gentlemen, I think we're done. Thanks, uh, thanks for hanging out. Good show. Sounds good. All right. Why don't you guys say good night to everybody? Good night, everybody. Have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave us a review and a five-star rating. See you next week. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? What's our trajectory? 95% certain this will end in massive, (laughs) flaming disaster. And the other 5%? Irrelevant, sir. This is a great shot, Mav. I should be a photographer. (laughs) 
There's that word again, photographer. Photographer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, in my comment in the Facebook uh, post there, I did say that um, I kind of saw his, uh, you know, his point. What did I say? I said, I see his point. I see what his point is, but he has to remember that the medium we call photography does indeed evolve. He missed three very key important words in his dialogue, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you know, he can say all, all he wants about his thoughts on iPhone photography and what people are doing with their phones, including the fact that a lot of people don't look back through their photos and don't print them. Why is my screen jumping around? Um He says, I get the feeling that he is basing his thoughts on what he perceives as the typical iPhone user. And sadly, in my opinion, he sees a typical iPhone user as one, perhaps a teenager, who snaps photos of anything and everything, their lunch, friends, selfies, etc., and forgets forgets about it all. He does not stop to realize that there are a great many people in this world who choose to practice photography with the camera of their or our choice, the iPhone. That was my two cents. Well, I'm adding that to the end of the show, so thanks. Okay. 